one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Which one is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. Second captain, first captain, whatever. Ah, I mean, this is the sort of commitment you have to just sit back and admire. Kieran Murphy, technically on holidays today, supposed to be off for the week, but here he is, stepping into Monday's Second Captain's Podcast to discuss his county coming out the right side of one of the most dramatic championship games many of us can remember. Actually, now that I say it like that, it's not that laudable, really, Murphy. You're on to crawl with a shame today, <laughs> No, hold on a second now. That's what hold you're doing on, here today. Hold on a second. I did say this last... I did, like, ring you last night at, like, midnight to say, oh, by the way, I'm on the football pod now that Galway have, uh, have won. I said last week that I was, I'm was i eager to do this. That's how confident I was of a Galway victory. Many others were not as confident, but I was confident. Uh, so I, I insisted on being on this chat before the game even happened yesterday. It's true. It's true. I'm going to back you up on that one. Let's not bury the lead here and welcome everybody to Monday's show. Let us not bury the big story of the weekend. For the first time in about two years... Kieran has managed to attend a Galway match without his face ending up on the telly. <laughs> a, a major oversight by Ortiz, who had about you know three hours to get him on there between yeah. extra time and penalties. But no, no. Instead, maybe you can reveal what happened uh, during Sky's coverage of Dublin's win against Cork on Saturday. Well, I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you what happened, Don. I got a text message. I'll tell you uh, about about, it. about five minutes before the Dublin Cork quarterfinal started on Saturday mm-hmm. evening from Ken Early. Uh, the photograph. To the untrained eye, is just your, your garden variety, here I am at a sporting event photograph. But I, knowing the geography of Crow Park so well, immediately said to myself, yeah. Ken is in prime <laughs> position here to appear on our TV screens. But I have to say, uh, Owen, uh, with yeah. 70 minutes on the clock, I yeah. thought he'd gotten away with it. <laughs> uh, whatever shots of Desi Farrell uh, that Sky Sports were picking... Uh, we're usually of the sort of the close-up variety, not gotcha. from the the camera across from the Cusick stand side. But as uh, the clock ticked into injury time, into lost time, as they used to say, uh, <laughs> there was Desi Farrell standing in profile. And who was that behind him? It, like he had, I, I mean, a man who had the ear of the Dublin management. There can be no oh, doubt about li- this one. Literally uh, looked like a member of the backroom team. Same color scheme uh, as Debbie and everything. <laughs> None other than 
Fear Gale. Fear Gale. Ken Early. Put your respect on my name. Well, Ken, how does it feel to finally emulate Murph and be part of a big occasion at Croke Park, televised live to the nation? Members of the nation who have Sky Sports, but mm. anyway. Well, it wasn't on, it wasn't on um, RT. No. No, I'm afraid not, Ken. Well, it was, uh, I mean, the lads are in some shape, aren't they? <laughs> they are, Ken. You know, that was, that was really what I thought. I mean, it was a, you know, it was um I suppose you could call it a game. I don't, I'm not looking for analysis of the game. It's you being on TV I'm interested in, Ken. I mean, you just looked, like, I'm, I'm looking at you here. You've got the, you've got a baseball cap on just like Desi. Mm. You've got a blue and, like, a navy blue sort of striped t-shirt, navy raincoat. Well, that's you look, you look equally as pensive as Desi. You actually have the exact same expression on your mm. face and you're staring the same. To me, you do look like you could be involved in the backroom team here. Uh, no, well, actually I was in row E, so I was sitting a good uh, distance back uh, behind the, the backroom mm. team. Um, so no, I didn't, uh, I wasn't uh, actually part of the team. So I took I confirm, yeah. yeah, I took a barrage of shots on my television screen because the second I saw it, I was like, "Well, oh, no, I was like, ride this." It, it still remains br- the best moment of your weekend, Murph, despite what happened yeah. on Sunday. <laughs> so I took a barrage of photographs. So I I I picked the the last one of those because each preceding one was Ken. It appeared sounding off in an extremely animated fashion to the person sitting to his <laughs> right. <laughs> See, this is why Cork are a shambles of a football county. It, it appears to be what Ken was shouting in the ear of his uh, compatriot at you the game. You wonder why, why they don't try to make a go of it, Cork. <laughs> you know? What's, 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 what's after going wrong? They're a fine football county and they're on the way back, Ken. The rebuild has begun. Bob, I didn't understand what was wrong, though. I mean, what, was, what, was, what, what happened to them the other day? Like, what was the... They were outmatched. Was that normal? Well, I mean, they avoided relegation to Division Three by you know the skin of their teeth this year. So you know, last eight probably is an overachievement. Um, Mm. uh, Now they held Kerry for fifty minutes. We saw them hold Dublin for maybe half or be competitive with Dublin for thirty-five minutes, maybe. Uh, But yeah, after halftime, it was it was all one-way traffic. But listen, I'm telling you, I mean, you saw it all. I thought that their finishing was. Atrocious. Mm. Mm. You know, I, I just, um, I kind of struggled. I was like, hang on a second. I, I don't, this is like a bad dream. You know, when you, when you, when you run, when you're in a dream and you're playing football and then you try to kick the ball, but you can't, you can't kick. Mm. <laughs> you know that way? Yeah. yeah. I was like, it was like that. What's going on here? These lads are, are, are stumbling around in an actual bad dream in front of me. Mm. This is real, isn't it? I think this is real. <laughs> so I was glad to see, you know, your, the, the sort of an external validation. Mm. You spotting Ken on TV is what's confirmed to Ken that he was actually there in Croke Park witnessing the event <laughs> yeah. rather than just streaming up. Next weekend, it's going to be the All-Ireland Hurling semi-finals. We'll be covering those on the World Service during the week. There's also a big week for the Irish rugby team who play New Zealand next Saturday, but only after a nice handy warmer-upper against the bloody Maori All Blacks on Wednesday morning. We are going to record a podcast on the rugby after that match on Wednesday. I like those. I don't get to do those too often straight after the mm. game on Wednesday morning. We put that out that day. So it'll reflect on whatever happens against the Maori and um, the Maori All Blacks and look ahead to the first test as well. That's all exclusively for World Service members. If you want to join, it's five euro a month plus fat. Secondcaptains.com is the place to do it. Oshin and Flynn, of course, on the show today. I have a feeling we may be replaying this audio bed right through to an All-Ireland final this season.
Paul, is Murph right to be laying low this week? I think so. I don't have to put this without sound offensive to Galwegians. I just I'm not a big Galway football fan. Like, so this is nothing against Galway, but I just find it very hard to love them at the, over the last number of years in relation to how they play. I never feared them when we played against them. I don't think Galway would be able to live with Mayo. So that's Galway. Are you giving Galway a chance then, Nush? No. We've played 40 minutes. There's going to be at least another play. Conor Gleeson is taking his time. There's going to be another kick out. All eyes on David Coldrick. Everybody wants to say the 40 minutes doesn't matter. We know the time is up. There was at least a one minute stoppage, and the referee is going to play. Johnny Heaney is saying drive it out. We have to win one more Galway. And if they win this kick out, it will be over. Gleeson drives it long. It's not. It's over. He's blown it up on 40 and 30 seconds. And Galway have won the game. 114 to 16 points. It's going to be a, a male decisive win for me. It's 1998 all over again as Galway came to the Cauldron to take on a team who'd been in the two previous All Ireland finals. Barry Joyce has beaten Mayo for the first time in his career. The All Ireland finalists are heading to the back door in six weeks' time. Galway will meet Leitrim in the Connacht semi-final in a fortnight and a match that probably should have been far more comfortable than it was has ended up in the bottom line a famous victory for Galway It's going to be a, a male decisive win for me that was all from earlier in this championship. Times have times have changed in a very short space of time and there's certainly respect on the name of Galway football. Now we're going to be talking about what happened at the end of full time with the big fracas, whatever whatever GA lingo you want to uh, apply to. We're going to talk to the boys about that and then obviously about the game itself and Murph, the occasion. You were there. I don't know what, what, what it felt like to be a Galway fan there, the atmosphere. Oh, it was it was so good. I mean, I've I've been scratching scratching around trying to find or trying to remember a, a more f- like fun, emotional, brilliant day I've had in Crow Park. Like Joe Canning's point against Tipperary in the twenty seventeen hurling semi final. I didn't think that oh, would yeah. ever be beaten. Yeah. Um, and it's still probably my all time favorite. But yesterday ran it so close, just for like the the roller coaster of it all. You know, like so impressed by goal. I so impressed by. Like so much of the analysis around Galway has been, you know, Conroy Walsh, uh, Comer, kind of on repeat, uh, and we obviously have three brilliant footballers. But yesterday was about uh, the supporting cast in a lot of ways. Uh, Rob Finnerty, so good again, having been brilliant in the Connacht final, close to man of the match in the Connacht final. Uh, Matthew Tierney came of age uh, massively. Um, thought he had a really excellent game. Killian McDade was sensational 1-1 in, in extra time at a time when Galway were just dead and buried like absolutely dead and buried I mean I think I tore my rotator cuff uh, <laughs> celebrating McDade's goal <laughs> literally shooting pain across my shoulder giving that yeah. high eye jump to celebrate that goal and punch the air um, and then at the end of it to, I mean we were kind of looking around it's like it is penalties isn't it and mm. you know, I was certain that it was penalties you're still kind of waiting for the announcement Uh then obviously it becomes clear that yes, it will be penalties, and yes, it will be down in the 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 Davin stand end of the ground. And I knew that my like my cousin and his family had had come to my house before the game, and we got the bus to Crow Park together. And I knew that like three kids aged nine, seven, and five 
were in the Davin stand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just like me just thinking, oh my God, this is so unbelievable for those kids to be so close to this. Uh, this actually happening directly L- in front Lording of it over O'Sheen's kids who went over in, a, in the same area. Of the, yeah, it's, yeah, thing. O'Sheen said that on TV, yeah. And then just the drama of it and... Well, people on the penalties, I saw some people grousing about it and saying, oh, the atmosphere is a bit strange around Yeah, around I mean, penalties. God. Which, which, kind of, which kind of reminded me a bit of the, the Munster. Just people talking about it in that way reminded me of uh, how the penalties went in the rugby recently, the, the Heineken Cup, the, the Heineken Cup semi-final, Munster match, yeah. which, which you thought was, was shite enough, uh, in fairness. This yeah. Being there yourself, this actually, obviously you're going to be biased on this, but you felt it was more like what, because you know I was actually I'm, I, I, I think it's an absolutely fine way to, to settle the match yes. whatever but whether there should be a replay or not I think it's excitement in its own right it's less confusing than the rugby it's just the same as soccer it's what we're used to yeah. watching over the years so I didn't find it that that weird or that whatever it's just, it's just lads well, stepping that's up that's the problem isn't it I don't think you just said the uh, said the key <laughs> phrase there didn't you it's just the same as what the soccer game well yeah I think that I think that was the problem mm. I, know, I saw was it Sean Kavanagh saying these these just aren't the skills? These aren't the skills we've trained, and I wonder what are the skills? What what are the striking a ball is a fairly essential skill. I would have, I would have thought games. so. I would have thought so as well, Owen, but not off the ground. Even though some renegade did do that in the actual game, right? Mm. Um, which was to score the equalising goal. R- yes. Ryan O'Neill is the renegade in question. Oh, no, no, sorry, no, 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 point. Oh, the, the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, but but uh, I did wonder what. What kind of, what are the appropriate, what would be an appropriate skill, um, you know, skill relevant way of settling this? Well, I mean, the, the original thing a number of Points. years ago was like a, a 30 yard free. Then there was like a 45 meter free yeah. that was brought in. I think penalties is just a far easier way to do it. And I, I know that some people felt that the atmosphere was kind of strange. Around, like, God, where I was, the atmosphere was utterly deranged by the time the penalties came around it was absolutely brilliant um and no i mean i i i'm not being wise after the fact i like this happens all the time in in ga pundry people say stuff like oh well you know we should just go to a replay as if that doesn't have any other repercussions you know like well, this. this is what this is the thing we've been complaining about the whole time this is and now we're face to face with it why are they doing this why are they what? tearing up why are they tearing up the calendar and the, with it the fabric of of Irish life. Oh, Why God, are they doing this? <laughs> Apart, aside from trying to prepare us for slavery, what is the actual reason? What is the what is the, the short-term reason that they have for doing Just this? Just book your holidays for August, will you? And not, stop giving out. Non-world service members might, know, might not know what's going on here. Uh, nor, nor do Ken they wanted to. to go to an all-art hurling semi-final and then found out to his cost that he's on his holidays. Yeah, but so why, just give why, it a rest. Why, why, why couldn't they just replay that? Everyone would, everyone would want to see it, you know? No, everyone, because there are two would... hurling semifinals in Crow Park next weekend, and then the following weekend the football semifinals are on. There is, oh, and, and then after that, what New Year's Eve is that the end of the year? <laughs> what, what's you know what's the problem with the weekend after that and the weekend after that? Like, would you believe there I are still, schedules? No for one things, has explained yeah. this to me. No one has explained. No, no one has I've tried to. And then I can, I can see your this... eyes crossing every time I the, try and explain it to you. Well, so it's I something to do with the club game, this and the club game got. But somehow the club game managed to get to managed to get to this point without ever taking over most of the year. Mm. And now suddenly it's just encroaching everywhere, and this sort of jumped up little club game is just is book your holidays and running August. roughshod over the whole. And 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 as a result of that, a, a great county in Armagh has been knocked out of the championship on penalties. <laughs> Jesus. And that to me is 
Well, it's it's just gross. Yeah. You know. Well, well if you book whatever it, it is, if you, you want to call it in August, you'll miss the first two rounds of St Jude's games in the Dublin Senior Football Championship, and I think you'll be able to get over that. So just. Suck it up, all right. Before we go to the lads, I just there was a moment in there were so many bonkers things happening that you know the the Armagh goalkeeper slaloms forward through <laughs> yeah, half the like, goalie team to set up the and cramps up while setting up the what looked like it could yeah. be a winning score at that point. And it's kind of well, that was mad. And then you just forget about it. Yeah, because another bad thing is just about to happen. Utterly crazy moment. And but I thought the one of the best things about it was the characters involved in terms of McGinney and Joyce. You know, yeah. that have to. I don't know if you've seen much of the TV coverage back yet. We're probably putting not at this point, but like just at half time of extra time um, it, the camera just kept panning from one to the other both of them yeah. doing the exact same thing nothing remarkable they're just standing in the middle of their troops you know rallying them and, mm. and, and just, we're just looking at it going they both just look so impressive <laughs> so in how they're doing it. they're just so iconic and, and even Donnie hanging around characters. there I was like oh yeah yeah there's some good yeah. some good and characters like I was involved in, the, in this I was in the, the in the lower Hogan looking down on the pair of them and at one stage, at the end of ordinary time, uh, Kieran McGeady is accusing Shane Walsh of taking a dive, and you can just see these two uh, presences, you know, and they're like thirty yards away from each other, but they're so they're such gigantic figures, you know, that like half the stand is still like is just watching these two, like, ha- and it wasn't even like that much of a like of a tete a tete, you know, like they weren't getting like overly uh, angry with each other or anything, but it was just like bloody hell if there are two more magnetic presences. In the in the in the ground at this moment, I'd like to see them because the pair of them are yeah. just like, they, like they are not to be messed with. Neither of them are uh, to be trifled with. Just huge, huge presences, and they, like, you know, they needed all of us. You know, they like they really earned their earned their stuff yesterday. When you consider just like the how easy would it would be to just completely lose all composure in that sort of a cauldron uh, yeah. yesterday. Uh, it was, and like I, I have to mention Reno Neal's free at the end of ordinary time because to kick that free to win the game and to kick that free to draw the game, like the difference between those two scenarios is so vast. Oh, that, I'm not sure about that. I think it's no, a massive pressure either way. No, if you have that kick to win the game, if that goes wide, no one gives it a second a second thought. It's 65 yards out on the angle. Like no one expects you to kick that. It's an absolute free shot as a free taker. That's a free shot. If you had, you put it down, give it a swing. Like if you're kicking that and it goes wide, the entire county is saying that's an impossible free. Why didn't you uh, hit a one-two? Uh, you know, try and work a, a better angle for a score. Like it is a huge, huge difference. And sometimes the smart play, you know, the, sometimes like the the real top level players don't necessarily do the smart thing. But Reno, you'll put the ball down and said, sometimes a hero has to be a hero. And that's what he did. Like, I it think just it's a smart thing, though, as well. It was, it was, it was obviously he's an amazing free taker with an unbelievable range. Like you're as as likely to score from there as to try to work a clever move with fifteen defenders behind the ball. And it's like I'm not dismini- diminishing for a second. He like he absolutely nailed it and, and cleared the bar by about twenty yards. Do you think he hits that ten times? Out no, of, 10? of course. But w- would they score ten times out of ten if they tried to set up a move with fifteen defenders behind that's the ball? That's the percentage not. play. That's the percentage play. It's but you you. But like, it's not the percentage play. You're it's only the percentage play. If you're losing by it's only a percentage by no, if you're losing, losing by, by more than and one everyone point, else is the body behind the ball and you have to try to work through this pack this pack defense. I mean that that's a that's not a very high percentage either. Referees what I'm I'm just telling you this is exactly how like like if if you're, you're telling me how listen it works. To that. No, no, listen to that. No, no, referees. I'm just telling you, you you've never free. taken a free McDevitt in a, at a no, no, major. No, no, I'm just <laughs> sorry, that's that's not how all I'm saying is 
<laughs> if, if you work at one two there you get, you get the ball into an advantageous position you roll into a tackle you grab the defender's arm you pull the defender down on top of you you win the free that's the percentage play in that absolute scenario absolute Galway or Real Madrid mentality but when you're arm you have to you have to fight for every decision the referees aren't giving you anything you know the, the, he knows if he puts the ball in there then the referee's just going to blow full time to Galway he knows that he he has to the only way that that they can stay alive is is if the ball goes out of play over the bar and that's that's the only percentage play. Yeah, I think we badly need McConville to come in at this point. Do you hear? Did anything else happen in the game? By the way, it's just I'm just racking my brain. Was there any other stuff that we haven't mentioned that happened in there? Uh, don't you worry, Ken. There's plenty. Uh, if you're alluding to the the scenes at the end of the match, the vile scenes. Well, we will be getting r- right into those with Flynn McConville. And he is my second captain. Second captain. That's uh-huh. a humorous competition. I saw that. Important men for my selection. What is it all about? There's no telling it's about the pig. David Clifford! I love you, Tony. It's a dump. We're going to do it. I should probably let people know that this this slot that we do with Oshin and Paul is generally recorded, often recorded quite early in the day just to get everyone, it seems to be like early morning, sometimes it's the time that we, we can get everybody involved. So to just stay for the record, this is happening at 8 o'clock on Monday morning, quite early, no time for anyone to put any perspective on what they saw yesterday. It's going to be all about raw emotion. <laughs> and I'm sure there's plenty of that around today. Oshin, hello. Oh, and how's things? Well, when you talk, when you I mean, talk about emotional, and I have stopped crying, so that that's hopefully I can get, <laughs> hopefully I can get through the podcast. Well, I do see some, I do see a bit of sunshine coming through your uh, your windows there. The sun is still shining in Cross McLean this morning, despite what happened yesterday. I do see a cloud coming though. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one or two clouds. All right, Paul, how are you? Is it is it Murph shaped? <laughs> A Murph-shaped cloud is, is coming along all right there, yeah. Oh, God, Oshin, I have to start with you, though. How are, how, how are you feeling? How are your kids feeling? I saw you were saying on TV yesterday they were right behind where the penalties were taking place. Yeah, no, they were up. They were in Whitehall uh, yesterday morning for a uh, for a bit of a blitz and a bit of a challenge match and stuff like that. So they were all up on the bus and 10 um, very brave coaches um, looking after them for the whole day. So they had, they had a ball. They enjoyed the game, and I just wish the penalties even just had to be the other end. So it was a few tears, but um, personally speaking, on I was done. See when the, see when I went to penalties, I was done. I didn't have any more to give, and I just it just felt I felt empty before the penalties even started. Uh, I have one particular good mate. Well, apart from more from Galway, uh, and and uh, and you know we both just said, listen, whatever happens from here on in happens. But um, I do think, having had some sort of reflection time, that Galway will full value to go into the semi final. I suppose that's that's the thing that that I would say. I thought that Galway were slightly better. So I thought they had more athleticism. I thought um, the there's. They had clear thinking, you know, in times where um, Armagh were really struggling, um, and Armagh benefited big time from from the from that bit of a collapse towards the end of the game. 
Um, I felt a huge amount of pride in Armagh, and yes, the only thing I, I couldn't get out of my head was was what happened at the end of uh, at the end of the game with uh, the boys going into the tunnel. Um, mm. Because I think Armagh need to get away from that. They need to they need to find a way to stop that happening. Um, and uh, even before we go down, before you go down the road, if they shouldn't have been going down the same, it just shouldn't happen. End of story. And and it's disappointing. And it took away dramatically from um, what was I don't know if it was the greatest. I don't know if it was the greatest game in the world, but it just had just felt as if it had most things. And and I'm sure as a neutral, you guys would be able to tell me, um, you know exactly what you felt about the game. But uh, like there's people who. Like we'll just go to town on this, and and look at rightly so. I mean, there's one particular ugly incident in, in that in that game that we'd all like to disassociate ourselves from. But uh, not a but. This is not a but. But I just just for that lad himself, I just hope that you know he's not um, completely vilified through you know uh, social media and all that. Well, he has been. And and that's whatever retribution he's he's is going to be dished out to him, and it 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 will be severe because it will make an example of him, um, and that has to happen. But it has to happen through the proper channels. Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, I mean, Sean Cameron said it's Tiernan Kelly. Yeah, he said that in the yeah. Sunday game last night. Is that right? Yeah, that's Tiernan Kelly, and again, um, one of the lads who who re- we really could have been doing it yesterday. We had four lads missing, um. True injury, and he was one of them that we we really could have been doing it. And it goes back to I thought the lads made a good point last night about um, as a sub, as a non-playing member, as somebody who's injured. Jeez, it must be the most frustrating place in the world to be. And but that's not the way you take out your frustrations, unfortunately. No, it's of course like whatever about being vilified online and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's indefensible what he did, yeah, right? Totally. So what, like, what sort of, what sort of punishment should there be? And like, is this a crazy suggestion? Should Armagh get ahead of this and punish him? You know, he wasn't even in the in the playing squad. Uh, you know, he may as well have been a supporter. Like, you know what I mean? He's just he's, he's not, nothing got to do with what's going on there. And he jumps on the field. And if it was a, a supporter, they'd obviously get ahead of it themselves and presumably ban the supporter for a, a length of time. I mean, if this is pie in the sky probably but it would make a lot of it's sense good. to me it's it's not, it's it is pie in the sky because it won't happen but it's a good yeah. idea it is it is a really good idea because i think then you know as much as as our man want to distance himself from it they're still you know linked with it they're still you know and he can't defend it so yeah get out in front of it absolutely but i think the ga will be making a huge example out of him what, what do you mean by that what sort of band do you foresee do you want to get into that game today could be six months. Mm-hmm. Like people are saying ban him for life. You know that's the that's the instinctive thing. Get, like you know, throw to throw away the key kind of thing. He's still a young lad. Like that's that's the thing. I keep coming back to. We've we've like we've all made mistakes. I think it's a heat of the moment. It's a mistake, and and he needs to learn his lesson. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know like what the best way for us to do that is, but certainly uh, he needs to be banned. There's no point in saying any different but uh, I still worry for him as a young lad I, I know I know the, what's happened since you know he's done all, everything that you would expect of him he's, he's made contact um, 
with Galway, he's uh, he's he's absolutely devastated all those things. So, but again, there's no. I'm not excusing it. There's absolutely no excusing it. But hmm. um, I think his reaction is the right reaction, rather than burying his head in the sand. So um, he deserves some sort of credit for that. But but what he done was uh, unfortunately, whether it be heated in the moment or not, was is as you say, indefensible. Yeah, being, you know, ban- bans for life is is kind of crazy talk, Paul. Like he'll serve his punishment, and that's and that's what will happen. I but, think. I think. You know, sorry, Moff, Can I just say one yeah. thing? I think what doesn't need to happen, Owen. Going back to your point, is that he gets mm. twelve months, twenty four months, whatever he gets, and I'm start, you know, appealing it and stuff like yeah. that. Whatever, whatever yeah. is is dished out. Just has to be taken on the chin, moved on. Particularly in this case, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, when it's yeah. as egregious as, as what we saw there. And do you know what, Paul? I think that there is a, there is a structural problem in the GA as well, where it, it appeals are now so ingrained into the kind of the psyche in a situation like this that it's actually oh well, you know, he they didn't they didn't stick up for their player by by not appealing. You know, this is the sort of thing that gets said. You know, oh, like they hung him out. Like no one hung Tony Kelly out to dry yesterday. You know, uh, you know, like he is responsible for his own actions, and the band should represent, you know, Armagh's final statement on the matter as well, which is, you know, whatever it is, they take it on the chain and and move on from there. And I think, that, I think that's a really important thing, not just for Armagh in this particular incident, but more generally with discipline in the GA that like bands have to stick, uh, county boards have to be responsible for the actions of their players, and they have to accept that if you do something wrong, you're going to get punished for it. And that's the thing that just doesn't happen in the GA at all. We saw it last week with the hurling, and we probably will see it even with even with uh, an example as egregious as this. Yeah, no, like the um, there's the procedural element to it, which is flawed because you're 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 able to uh, appeal it and overturn incidents. But there's also a cultural element to it in the GA that it's okay to and um, to uh, and looking for a, a way out rather than accepting um, the punishment. So I I. I think this year it's coming to focus a lot more and I would like that at the end of this year that it was um, in the off-season one of the priorities for the GAA to, to, to revamp the whole, the whole system because it is flawed it's, it's um, as a procedural kind of mechanism for this and if people are getting off they're going to continue to get off because now there's precedence for all these different things so it's just you know um, it needs to be it needs to be looked at on on the incident itself, look, it's things that we don't want to see. I think there's en- environmental things that we can do to prevent it. One being, which is mem- which uh, you know um, was mentioned yesterday as well, is just maybe putting two teams on either side of the pitch. Another is don't bloody have uh, double headers like that uh, in Crow Park. And I, I come back to that one because that's, for many reasons, I was going into the game on Saturday and there's bloody hordes of people coming against me. It was absolutely crazy. And then the stadium's half empty for different games. But the other thing is, we never with, with with Dublin ever brought anybody onto the onto the bench that wasn't playing, that wasn't under twenty four that could play, and I think that should be the way it is. And anybody else should be in the stands. That's you're not a part of the match day twenty four. It's probably the only maybe sport that you do see this. Like if you look at any other professional sport, if you're on twenty in match day program, you're in the stands. Yeah, you can come down afterwards or whatever. Um, because it can be highly emotive for players who aren't because they, they, they act like fans right and as a player if you're under 24 you're to act like a player and if I was sitting on the bench which I did for a good bit at the end of my career and I seen lads jumping up off their seat 
I'd say, I'd turn to them and I'd say, what are you at? You're not a fan. You're in this game. You're looking at your position and the player you could be playing against. And that's the mindset you need to have. So other guys don't have that. They're just there as a highly strong emotive player. And that game, I was wore out after it yesterday. So, you know, <laughs> it, people just got caught up in the emotion of it. So, look, I always have this, I suppose, mantra when it comes to incidents like this. I condone the sin, but I protect the sinner, and I think the sinner needs to be protected here in this instance. I know he was—he he knows more than anybody. He but, but, did. But what, what, what do you mean protected, Paul? Because he I can't be protected I, in the sense of not being banned. No, one hundred percent not. He—he he will deal with the, the the consequences of his actions in the proper manner, as as O'Shane did allude to. I just don't like when there's a like I've made mistakes in my career. I've made mistakes in my life, and I'm not proud of some of them, but. And that's not saying they're right, but I just don't like when everybody is put up on uh, nearly a, everyone is being on, especially on social media. On in particular, like you know, it's just it's very it's very difficult place for a young person to deal with, like the the, the attacks that you know you can you can be uh, um, on the end of it. So uh, yeah, that, that's what I mean by protecting. You know, I'm not saying protect what he did in any means. He will get the punishment that he deserves, and hopefully, our man then you know stand over it. But it is a difficult situation for a young player. Like he certainly probably, you know, and no different than anybody who 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 goes through something like that. I always find the the separate tunnel thing, you know, having to go to different sides of the the stadium kind of bizarre because most other professional sports players can, from two teams can generally walk off in a civilised manner but I don't know it doesn't seem to I always know, be possible. I know and like it's funny you say that like but in the G like we I've had like there's been so many of them instances that I've had and like they just don't get as heated like you know like it just it's just this kind of we have this thing in the GAA we definitely did once that half time whistle goes you don't take a breath you run into the dressing room and you take mm. your breath and there it's like why I never got it but anyway I'm wrecked like you know did you not want me to empty myself for 35 minutes no you have one <laughs> yeah, more sprint keep in yourself for keep one running more sprint. Yeah, yeah, I used yeah. to save myself for that I used to get one high speed running on my GPS but um what like everyone's just running to the same tunnel and then obviously there's going to be a bit of argy bargy like it happens so often you know um so there's definitely a way around that around that one but can we you know yeah talk about the game I think that's what you're about to say talk it? about the game like, I, do want, I, do want, I do want to talk about the game in one second I, do, I just want to pick up Murph on something because it's a very you've got a very clear-eyed view there Murph on, on, on this appeal thing like, like no you, you shouldn't be appealing and so on uh, I've already had a few tweets in advance of our conversation today saying will Murph be as hard line in this stance when it comes to Sean Kelly for Galway who you would think that maybe Galway have a fair grounds to appeal based on the TV evidence that we saw anyway it didn't seem like he should have really been red carded so what, what should Galway not appeal well well I think there are, there are two rather different incidents in that we can we can talk exactly about what Tierney Kelly did because we saw it we didn't see I mean like I'm 100 yards away in the lower Hogan uh, I've watched the TV coverage back all I saw was Sean Kelly's reaction to to Tiernan Kelly which was actually extremely restrained given the circumstances so I mean that's it you know what I mean like there's this the idea when it comes to when it comes to appeals and when it comes to last week I mean the first question I asked Jamie Wall about the three players who were suspended and then released for the Clare and Galway uh, quarterfinals was did they do something that was deserving of a red card and that's a question no one ever asked in the GA in that in that instance absolutely they were you know, but in my in my opinion, in the referee's opinion, in Jamie Wall's opinion, as it turned out, and that's fine. I mean, if Sean Kelly was seen to do something that's worthy of a red card, then 
Goalie should accept it, but at the same time, you know. So, I, so basically, I, if a county feels that they have a genuine uh, grievance with the decision, you know, the on-field decision, as opposed to trying to get the player off in a technicality, that's your that's your distinction there. Yeah. And also, the Armad thing is obviously a very. Yeah, it, I, I t- yeah. yeah, I I think it. I no, I I I I do think they're very, they're very different circumstances. To be honest, you know what I mean. And I you know, and given the fact that the, like so many people were involved, I found it interesting that it was the two captains that were sent off. Um. And, you know, I, I've actually tried to find out whether there's, there's some uh, facility in the rule book that says in the, the in an incident where ev- literally everyone is involved, that the two captains are brought in and sent off because you're at least sending off two players who are nominally at least at a similar level of importance to the two teams, then that seems actually like not the worst uh, way of dealing with something like this. And then let the appeals process play out. But at least it, they were seen to take action on the day. Um, so I think that like that's kind of an interesting uh, fold in the entire scenario, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I no one has shown me any incidents uh, of what Sean Kelly or Aidan Nugent did. I haven't seen anything that either of them did. So I think that's an entirely different situation from Tierney Kelly and from the three lads last week in the hurling. No, we just, we all we did was was tra- well, like we trawled through all the footage that we had uh, yesterday in RT and. Um, trying to pick out the two players uh, and the only thing we could see from both of them was trying to get players out of the row um, but so therefore uh, I'm not sure and, and I'd love clarification in, in ASAP was this a thing where they just went listen we're going to make an example of somebody let's pick the two captains mm. now, yeah. now, now remember that's that's a dangerous road to go down because like I'm out of joint captains <laughs> Uh, you know, for the first time ever, once the GA said that you couldn't have joint captains, but um, Rian also was a joint captain, so I don't know how to pick Aidan and, and Sean Kelly out, but Sean Kelly looked completely bemused. Have you seen the TV pictures? looks completely bemused yeah. at the fact that he was being sent off. Anyhow. Yeah, it's a t- t- tough one for him to take, but listen, Oshin, it sounded like at the very start of this conversation, you were prepared to congratulate Murphy here on a deserved victory, despite the fact that he's sipping smugly out of a Galway GA mug as we speak, which is just, well, it's just my favorite disgusting behaviour. Yeah, look, he's gone down in my estimation the last 24 <laughs> hours in a, in, a, in a huge way. Um, the only way it could have been worse if we had to take him on to take a penalty. Um, actually, that would have been a good idea. <laughs> it wouldn't have been that bad, I'd say. But, that could have worked out pretty well for Yoshi in <laughs> retrospect. Um, it, look at it, it's, it was it was a hugely emotional day. Um, I, the, the the roller coaster of emotions is scary. Uh, the next time I'm uh, playing in a significant game, I'm going to listen to it on the radio. I'm not even going to listen to it on the radio. I'm going to go walking or something. Up I was mountain. thinking. I was I was watching you thinking. This is not Oshie, a teletext. Yeah, this is not yeah, an easy tell. place for you to be. Like live on national TV, going through those emotions. No, it wasn't. And as I say, by the time uh, penalties came, I was in tatters, complete tatters. <laughs> <laughs> I, co- I couldn't think. My legs were gone. Everything was gone. And I, I've been. I, I played actually in. And we played in two thousand, and we went to a replay an extra time against uh, Kerry, uh, and I don't remember feeling like the way I felt yesterday. You know, mm. when you're in the game, it's just you're just in the game, and that's it. And uh, there was a lot of players in that pitch. Not a lot of players, actually. There was a good number of players who were who seemed to be of complete clarity of mind. And I think, you know, when we're talking about the really good players, I think 
that's one of the things that separates the really, really good players. They seem to have real clarity in what they were doing towards the end of the game. Um, and I would like to congratulate Moffin. I, I hope, like, I hope Gaul would go on and do some justice from here on in because there's a couple of things about yesterday um, about Galway and I thought, as I say, athleticism, um, you know, the way they walked themselves into the game, the way that whenever, you know, um, Walsh was being fairly well held, Como was being fairly well held, that Finnerty and, and Tierney stepped up in a huge way, in a way that I wasn't, I didn't think that they could. Um, McDade in the middle of the field was exceptional and I thought defensively um, um, they they had a they had a lot of players that played probably slightly above themselves and, and above what I thought they were capable of. Um, and I also I think they have they have we all I would always and probably Paul as well in the last number of weeks we've accused them sort of of maybe softish nice a nice team would that be the best way of putting it? maybe a nice team. Um, but they weren't they weren't at all nice yesterday, and I think that's that's major progress. Um, for Galway, and I think even this, even the the incident where James Morgan went on <laughs> went on a yellow, and the first thing Walsh did was was get him to the ground because he's the, what's he expecting? Two yellow cards. Morgan's gone. I know, like I know, there's a problem with that with that sort of thing as well. But but think of the smarts that's involved in that. You know, to get Morgan out of there and you know get Armad in the thirteen. So yeah, there's uh, there's a lot to like about Galway, and they've moved that. That niceness along enough to suggest that uh, the four teams that are left here are are all capable of winning all Ireland. I think the one thing, obviously, a lot of goalie people are talking about today, though, Paul, is another late collapse. You know, and you're looking at against Mayo played brilliantly to get themselves into a six point, you know, seemingly unassailable lead. All of a sudden, it's do or die with the last kick of the game. Ross Common, you know, probably 10 points a better team. Still, there's only a kick of a ball in it uh, at the final whistle. Yesterday, six points up, two minutes into injury time, and to have to rely on Killian McDade's rooks in extra time. You know, there there is a problem there with Galway. There's a problem with, you know, obviously the goalkeeper, but there's also, I, I don't think you can pin it all on the goalkeeper either. There's a mentality issue here as well where they start sitting back and 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 waiting on waiting on the a final whistle and that's you know they, that's something that, that absolutely has to be stamped out it is but you have to learn these things you see and um we had a couple of experiences that when we were we had never got to a semi-final or we never got to a final and we just collapsed at the end because we just didn't have the know-how to just get ourselves over the line so you will build that as they as as they go um but Hundred percent, they have to sort themselves out on the, on the most. One of the easiest things to defend is you know is to organise yourself for just a high ball. Yeah, I know it can cause chaos, but you can you can you can prepare for this, right? You know, and they didn't look prepared. It was like this was the first time a team had ever done this in them in their entire careers. The way they acted when the ball was thrown into the into the square, it was baffling, and I just. I, I have a little bit of sympathy for the keeper in particular for the second one where like he was Comer and the full uh, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, like um, I think it was the cornerback I don't know what, actually which one who else it was but like we're literally on top of him 
as he went to jump um, um, and then also with the one with Ryan he, he was just a little bit unfortunate you know he, he carries that one more step he probably could have got a free you know even if there's not much contact any contact but yes they, I think they can sort that out though Marv. I think that part they can sort out I, I was a bit more worried around 10 minutes before that when Marma started to get a bit more physical um, they Marma's intensity was ridiculous for the whole game even when you felt that it was over but then they started to just really get stuck in and um, I think it was the hit remember the hit on um, Walsh that was off the ball it was that Morgan I didn't even see who that was but that kind of at that point I was like okay am I going to get into this game now you know and and, um, it's going to rattle Galway and to be fair you know know, Galway stood up to us and um, Throughout the whole game, I felt that they were the better team. It was just like they were like I just as in Armagh were playing great, but they were keeping themselves in the game by pure desire, if you like, and uh, getting themselves back into it and in some really good moments. But when you kind of chalk all that back, take out the emotion, the the, the better team were Galway throughout the whole game. I felt um, exact same as Oshindo said there in relation to the key players. Killy McDade had an absolutely outrageous game of football, like. A game that, you know, when you're a kid, you dream of. Like, he just did everything you, you, you want. And I watched him play with the year he came back. And I said, I've seen enough. But I just could see, he just, they just all struggle when they come back with the technical skills of the game. To kick the round ball, to solo the round ball. Everything looked awkward. But the one thing that didn't was his conditioning. And they come back with this condition that just is north of what any, a lot of inter-county players um, have. You know, Karen Kenny did the same when he came back. And that showed in the extra time. He, he felt he could have done another extra time spell. He mm. was just colossal. And the run, the, the run he made for the goal, sorry, before we move off McDade, just unbelievable because he starts on the outside and just like runs a U. Uh, runs a U it was Creeley, I think he ran off. And it would like there was just no stopping him, you know. And he had like he was not an option for the ball until he just made himself an option for the ball. It was an unbelievable piece of uh, effort at that at that moment of the game and skill to finish it. Because when you come yeah. a pace like that, the one thing you want to do is blame it. Where he just dropped it to his foot and inflicted with the outside of his left or outside of his right and um, to the keeper's left, and it was just it was yeah it was a, it was a, it was a fantastic goal and the point I was nearly more impressed with because. I was just really questioned whether they could go back up the field and create another scoring opportunity, and they only create a half a scoring opportunity. You know, and he just you know for, for 30, 40 yards out on the right hand side, and it was just perfect. It, um, he he was he was um, he was my, he was the man of the match in my 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 opinion. I don't actually know whether it was a man of the match yesterday. Yeah, you got it in the end. Yeah. Oh, you got it. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, and but Finnerty too equally as impressive. Like you know, and he's just. He's, I underestimated him even after the last game when he kicked the lovely points against Roscommon I just did not still feel that he had what he had in him there and he, he was just yeah he was excellent and um, so and, and, and lastly sorry on Galway I was so impressed with Pork Joyce throughout the game right his manner that he held through everything right and like that takes a lot. Of, you, you try to stand on the line and um, I think you have to train yourself to be calm, you know, uh, on the line when, when you're in the middle of a, a battle like that. And he you was could, just... You could see it even when he was talking to Sean Kelly when that was all developing on TV and it was becoming apparent, oh, hang on, so I'm standing here. He, he just seemed very firm. He, he was. You could almost see he was showing some compassion but also get, letting the rest of the lads know like there's a game to, to, there's an extra time to be played here. It's quite good. 
and that and, and the team will mirror that you know like they like if the manager's on their line and he's just going bat mad they, they, that can create chaos on the pitch when you see a Serene manager that can just really help you in moments when you need to get a score like McDay gets at the end that you just stay calm you stick to the process and you create one more scoring opportunity um, so funny more I actually didn't see it as a, a capitulation by Galway as much as you know I just thought it was a couple of moments of madness in the square I didn't yeah, think they struggled in ways yeah in ways like the Mayo thing the Mayo game was worse in that there was just like a complete like they just stopped playing football for like 10 minutes at the end of that game like yesterday was just chaos in 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 the area now also Shane Walsh soloing down the Hogan stand side and trying to hit you know, a, f- a 50 yard pass, 60 yard pass over the heads of two uh, uh, support runners to the third support runner to get turned over was just an unbelievable mistake at that moment. And, you know, like for, you know, I'm, you know, I am Shane Walsh's like biggest fan without doubt. I think he's, you know, an astonishing footballer, but that sort of thing, you know, if you want to be in the top echelon, if you want to be Clifford, Khan, Shane, if you want to be in that conversation, that can't happen. You know, it absolutely just well, can't happen. You can't work. do that. And, and I tell you, like, I, and, um, he'll learn from that. Really good players, what they do is they learn from situations like this. We're in an all-around final against Mayo where it, we're a point up, the game is over. We've a sideline ball underneath the Hogan stand and Dermot Connolly shoots. Mayo go down, Mayo go down the other end of the pitch and get a draw. And Karen Kenny was right beside him, the best man in that position to take that ball, to give a short one and to keep the ball. And he didn't. You learn from these things. Great players make mistakes too. So, I give him the. If, if he did it again, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be as a, uh, more judgmental. Oshin, um, you're uh, you're listening to this conversation, having to relive all this. Like that comeback from Armagh. I mean, that was a big part of what made the, the day so special. You know what I mean? Uh, up to then, it was a good game, but not one that people would have been talking about for that long afterwards. Then Armagh did that. I was actually listening to that part on the radio, and uh, it was just it was you know it was just so dramatic. You know, I was literally gasping. You know, one of those ones where you're just like, ah, uh, and then to watch it again later on, the the Rian O'Neill free as well. I mean, you're you're talking like. If they had just won the penalty shootout, um, these moments like the the, the rain free would be iconic Armagh GA moments, wouldn't they? Yeah, maybe uh, maybe still are even even for what even for how it ended. I think it's difficult. I think it's difficult for you know to put any of that in perspective today. But um, the the actual towards the end of the game, like Armagh were done and dusted. I got a text message from my wife asked me was I okay. And was it gonna be okay? <laughs> and uh, I just, I just had glanced at it and I read it, and um, I hadn't replied to it. But all of a sudden, you know, that first goal goes in. You think, nah, never. Mm-hmm. And then, you th- and then, you know, Torbert, uh, Torbert finishes up ball, and then Ryan sets the ball down. And you think, like, that's probably unkickable, because Aiden Falker, I think, Aiden Falker had tried to play it short. Referee had brought it back. Ryan had got maybe a yard or so. Um, on the free, probably brought I, I it in was, a little bit. I was, wa- I watched it back last night. I was like, how many yards did he end up stealing? And he actually didn't steal. I didn't think he actually took it from where the free well, was. Well they, well, they, well, they said on the radio that, that that one of the Galway players had seen it and was pushing it, pushing him back, was getting the ref to push it back again. So there yeah. might have been a bit of to and fro. Okay. There. No, he well, took. I mean, he, he took. I, I I looked at it last night again. Or I thought the same. Do you see the way the pitch was kind of different? different. The cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cost. He, he took yeah. one full cut. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he took one full cut. So, <laughs> so, so I don't know what that was. So, yeah, so yeah. yeah. No, so um, th- there's a couple. Of, there's a couple of simple things. I don't want to get too technical, but see that when the grass is cut like that, 
there's a cut that you want to be on hitting freeze, and there's a cut you don't want to be on because the one that's going away from you. Um, so I think he got it on to the one where, but he, he would have the distance. I had no, he had it there was anyway. no question. He was, he was ten yards over anyway. Yeah, like, so yeah, no, he definitely difference. had the distance. It was just whether he was going to have the accuracy or not. But he has that in the ta- in the tank. And I thought yesterday, and a lot of people said he was quiet and different things. But I just thought he played, still played with a lot of clarity. And Arma probably didn't d- do enough of of what. Did you see the ball that Ethan Rafferty kicked in? I mean. The, there's hoax into the forward lane, which we got two goals off, and there's the one that Ethan Rafferty kicked in that he wins, fists across the yeah. goal, and ends up in the back of the net. And I didn't think we'd done enough of that. And I thought going into the game that that's where we would get a lot of um, a lot of joy. And I think when we when you think about the ball we got into the full forward lane in the first half, a lot of time we were treading the eye of a needle. And look, I, I like it. It's brave. You know, trying to get it in there and trying to get support runners off. Um, but Galway sort of figured that out, stopped that avenue, and then Armagh sort of struggled for a while to figure them out. So um, I am rambling, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Oshin. It's all about feel this morning, you know? Yeah. Raw we emotion. Should, we should probably mention the penalties, Oshin. Mm. And um, yeah, I mean, it's some consolation to you that your penalty is now only the third worst penalty ever <laughs> taken into that end by an Armagh man. So. Uh, yeah, like yeah, you you referenced the kind of odd atmosphere. I I I heard you on television, and then uh, again you said it this morning. I was like, I actually did. I was like insanely involved, in it, unbelievably tense. You know, I, I like I don't know. I, I I would actually be interested to hear how other people felt about it. But I mean, I thought it was insanely dramatic. And I'm saying that, like, kind of before the first penalty was taken, I thought, I can't believe this is happening. This is the most insane thing to have ever happened. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have said it's unfair. Poor choice was a lot stronger on it than Kieran McGinney was uh, in the aftermath of the game. Uh, I mean... Well, if, if, Geezer, if Geezer says something about it, it just sounds like... It just really it does. It sounds like sour grapes. It really yeah. does. It doesn't, it doesn't sound right. I was glad that, that Joyce made the point. And if you give me the choice of, uh, I think both panels looked as if they had 50 people with them. Um, and you give me a choice of any of those 100 people, I'd pick Stephen Campbell. First, wow. first person, first person off my, uh, off, off my, off the bench and up to take a penalty would be Stephen Campbell for me. That's how confident I was with him. So wow. I wonder what happened so, then. It's just, just the occasion or whatever. Yeah, see, it's this is the thing. It's just the clarity, you know. You, you you go up there with clarity, and you know exactly what you're going to do. And all of a sudden, you think it's a great idea to change your mind. You know, you think it's a great idea to do something that you haven't done before. Mm. And that's it's the, fir- it's, it's the first penalty probably took in front of eighty thousand people as well. Like it's kind of it's 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 you know. It's a yeah. different situation yeah. altogether. It's all well and good like burying p- p- panels with your club or in games of lesser importance. This they, is the biggest game in Do they practice them man. though, Paul, when you're going to a knockout stage at this point? Because it looked as though the Galway lads had practiced. Or, or, sorry, I'm not saying Armagh didn't, by the way, but you know, like the, the quality of the Armagh uh, kicks was, was good. If, 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 the Galway kicks. if that rule was in when, we were, when, we, when I was playing under Jim Gavin, we practiced them. And we would have practiced them pretty meticulously. That's just, he never left anything... Unturned, so I like imagine managers there and yeah, both teams were practicing, right? Okay, like you know, so it's uh, going since December. Poor Joyce said, since December, they've been practicing. Jeez, it looked like every night, yeah, phenomenal. Like the penalties, they they were, they were, they were were excellent penalties. Like, there's this part of me that stay that that says that, like, oh, you know, is it the way that. 
But I bloody loved it. Like, I, yeah. you know, I thought it was it was absolutely an unbelievable way to end that game. It's a great oh, way to end it. I, I thought it was perfect. Yeah. It was like, I know. Oh, Ushin is literally burying his head in, in, in a cushion here. Like, you do replay and someone loses, you know, oh, it's still a hard way to lose. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, I actually probably wasn't a fan of it coming in, but when I seen that yesterday, like, it felt like actually the, the perfect way to end that game. And, um, Anyway, that's that's me as a neutral side. I, 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 yeah. I, 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 no, look, I, I hope it's three penalty shootouts to decide the rest of the games <coughs> in this year's <laughs> All Ireland series, uh, and I can sit back and Test enjoy all them. of our patience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then somebody, pe- and somebody peeled the results of one of the penalty shootouts as well. That'd yeah. be perfect. Sorry, Murph. One thing I, I did notice it finally just on the penalties that every single player didn't shoot across their body. Every so every every left footer. Just made sure it put their foot through it, put it to the to the to the le- their left hand side, the keeper's right, and you know you made a great point on Tally actually, Oshie, that all the goal players were like, get this fucker on target anyway, <laughs> and if this guy's a keeper, let him save it, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I like that was it. I, I I was just kind of watching that going, yeah, God, no one. No, like no one even chanced the shot across the bow, across the body, you know. It's I like th- I, I also- where, where you rely like you. Give yourself as much chance not to make a mistake in that possible in that moment as possible. We were having a conversation off air to see would um, I introduce Blaine Cues? Would they have time to introduce Blaine Cues? Mm. Who was obviously you know goalkeeper, goalkeeper. Um, but I think one of the reason why they didn't do that was because Rafferty was our fifth penalty taker. One of the takers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Listen, there were three other games on. I mean. <laughs> Just, especially the poor Kerry Mayo game, it, it was never going to live up to um, the preceding match. But you did make the point that Armagh Galway kind of felt like, even in advance, you made the point it felt like it was the main event, actually. And it turned out that way. So that all said, do we know much more about, about Kerry's chances of beating Dublin and winning the All-Ireland this year based on their performance yesterday? Um, I was... Not too impressed with Kerry yesterday, I'll be quite honest. I was actually let down a little bit. I was just, I, they actually did obviously clearly win by eight points. They cruised the victory. And anyone I was chatting to, I said Kerry by 10. I was full sure of it. Murphy said nine on the other day. And I was gonna, I was not, I was, I was nodding my head vigorously. Mm. But they, they kind of stumbled their way to it. And I think if uh, Mayo had a, um, been more clinical in the third phase, it could have been a very different game. Mayo would have got belief from the scores and got energy from the scores rather than actually sapped every bit of... The last bit of fight in Mayo was sapped out on by the bad execution of some fairly basic shots. Like, they weren't... Not not all of them were... Some of them were bad decisions, right? Um, but Mayo make bad decisions all the time when they go over the bar. Like, some of the outside of the right boot shots and all wouldn't be, like, my you know preferred way of... Uh, creating short scoring opportunities uh, but they do and so bad decisions are part and parcel with Mayo but the bad execution was way worse than um, what we, we see before and even like I felt yesterday Mayo kicked the ball a hell of a lot more into the forwards than I've seen them do in quite some time but they, none of it stuck like like not even one out of ten right mm-hmm. it was just that much everything was coming back but there were gaps. There were gaps in the carry defence. They could have put. They could have hurt them. Um, and the home. Sorry, there were gaps in the carry. Yeah, there were gaps in the carry defence. They could have hurt them. And just carry weren't as slick in the transition as I thought they were going to be. Like their kick out was under pressure. They they weren't. Um, 
as you talk about clarity, Oshin, I didn't feel that they had full clarity about what they were trying to do, or if they did, they couldn't uh, modify what they were trying to do based on the conditions. What's very hard to when you, especially when you're looking at the game in Crow Park like that, versus playing it, the ball is like a um, it's like a bar of soap when when there's that type of greasy surface and rain in Crow Park, like no other pitch you ever play on anywhere. The ground is hard and really wet, and the ball just kind of ricochets off the ground at a different way and then the ball is like a bar of soap it's really difficult conditions and always kicking the ball isn't kicking the ball needs to be 100% you don't just keep kicking the ball in they didn't adapt either teams for that matter they didn't just say okay this isn't sticking we need to run this and be a bit more careful with the ball um, but like all in all like it was a sense of Oh, I don't know. Like I like I'm not underestimating this Kerry team now. Like you know, because the dry day is completely different. Yeah, but I just I didn't feel like there was mm. they were just where I felt they were. I thought they were going to just annihilate Kerry or Mayo from from minute one, and they didn't. Mayo were the team for fifty minutes in that game, you know. And yeah. Kerry were second second fiddle. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Ushin, the the final stat was four points from sixteen shots in the second half by Mayo. And again, as Paul says, this is they're like these are the players they want to get on the ball in the right positions, dropping the ball short tight like this dropping the ball short, whatever about kicking the thing wide, like the energy in the crowd. I mean obviously following the goal of Armagh game was going to be tough. <laughs> but the energy in the crowd was so downbeat. Every, for with, with every successive Mayo dro- dropped shot or shot dropped short, it just got more and more um, kind of like hopeless in the crowd but I'm, I'm with Paul I thought Mayo were banging this game like absolutely banging this game they were a point down after 50, with 50 minutes played um, <clears throat> Connor Loftus drops the ball short uh, Kerry come out the field Mayo turn it over go back in Matthew Ruan drops it short Kerry come back out the field Mayo turn it over and uh, I can't remember who the Mayo player was that kicked the wide and if there was anything that just summed up where Mayo were at, I was completely... I, I, I think, for me, Kerry were exactly where they were. I thought there was a real danger yesterday from from Mayo. I would suggest that um, Kerry have a lot to do, a lot to do to be this team that's way ahead of everybody else. Um, and somebody better contact me in the next couple of days and tell me Jack Carney was injured. The fact that he went off at halftime, I could not believe it. He, his movement, uh, he was just after catching the ball on his own, three play, three carry players around him, he turned and kicked it over the bar. That was the win of the game. The win of the game was in that lad. And and uh, I just hope he was injured. Because I wouldn't, my mind wouldn't be able to, I've had I've enough to cope with um, in the last 24 <laughs> hours. And my mind would not just be able to cope with, with that as well. I thought he was... The winning of the game was on the edge of the square with Jack Carney, rated. Well, it's interesting, Richard, that you say people are saying that Kerry are way ahead of everyone else because I'm getting the sense people are saying that, that most predictions I'm seeing at this stage are that Dublin are going to win the the All Ireland this year, and I don't know, Paul. It's funny. I remember earlier in the in the year when Dublin were losing a lot, you made the point. We seem to be talking about Dublin about seventy five percent of the time on the on the show, like, you know, practically all the time. Now that they're winning comfortably every time, it's I guess people don't want to hear so much about that. Uh, and fairness, there, was, there were bigger games this weekend. But um, what do you? What's your view on, on how Dublin are shaping up for that Kerry semi final? 
I think they need to get James McCarthy and Conor Callahan back on the pitch mm. number one um, and I um, believe it's a race against time as Desi said you know two weeks if it happened this you know two weeks is not good if it happened recently if it happened like last week three weeks is probably a little bit better so hopefully they can get them guys back because they need them um, in particular Con because they just don't the other guys in there are different types of players and we need that kind of we need that target man that, that can just one um, win his own ball and, play, and players can play off him and two create the space for the other two lads to get free because they need space both of them Cormac, Cormac is excellent when he gets a bit of space but he's not as good in close quarters and Dean is just so accurate so um, but I think they're okay I actually think they're in good shape there were a couple of really real positives the other night well, I, I think the game played out the exact way I thought it was going to play out the other day, the other day. Apart from the first half, I thought Dublin were very lacklustre in the first half, but in the second half was exactly the way I thought it'd play out. They controlled the game, um, their execution was good. I think it scored 10 out of 12 shots, one hit the post, um, which is which is exactly where they were previous to, to this game. Um, but in the first half, they just did not get their plus one, and they were very isolated. And when Cork only realised this, around 10 minutes left in the first half, and start peppering balls in, they won nearly every one of them, and they got themselves, you know, a few scores off. And but Cork kicked that many wides that other teams won't kick those wides. So that would be that would be a red flag. But they sorted it out. They sorted it out in the second half. Dublin did, and they shut them down pretty well. But the positive Paul, for me is Paul. What what will what will Dublin do to Kerry's kick out? They'll um, what will Dublin do to Kerry's kick out? They will go an aggressive zone. I would imagine and it was the go-to where we um, they'll, they'll mix between aggressive zone and and uh, a man-to-man um, I'd imagine that's what we used to do but Desi's a new manager but this is the way we used to do it. and what I'm seeing is that that's still the go-to one for them and they'll have a bank of four across the middle and then they'll force them along if they can um, but just the two positives that I, like I, I seen was Davy Byrne playing Back from injury, you know that's that's huge, and um, he looked fine. I don't know. Um, and Owen O'Donnell came on. And he got a few minutes around the middle third. Didn't do a hell of a lot, but he just adds a new player to the bench. That like he looks like a guy who can can play, right? I know he did really nothing, but I just after two plays of the ball, I said, "Yep, yeah, he can play." And it was just that kind of sense of calmness that he had on the ball, but yet he had a bit of intent about him. He was going. He was going forward. So I think that that could be a positive um, just to build their bench strength. Um, Dublin looked good. Uh, I was, you know, in a, in a calm, composed way with room for improvement is what I'd say. And um, there's nothing that gets will get these lads up more than a, than a, than a chance at Kerry. Because regardless of anything, these guys have egos. Right, and you know, in, like all of us, but in a good way. They've, 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 a, they've a pocket full of medals, and yet over the last maybe ten months, eight months, six months, anyway, um, the there's been a lot of talk about Kerry, and you know that while they'll block out as much of the noise as they possibly can, there's nothing sure that they'll want to put these boys in their box. Um, so. Um, it's just heat up for for it's just heat up. I can't wait. I really can't, can't wait. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shane, you said at the very top that all four counties left have a good shout of winning the All Ireland. So you're very much including Derry in that now, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And a lot of people are saying, you know, how good were Clare, but like, but Derry completely buried them. 
put the game to bed and and uh, they'll have an, they'll have a, another plan for Galway and it makes an awful lot of difference on Derry having a look at Galway knowing that they're there as opposed to Galway the day before Park Joyce wouldn't have been at you know the, I'm sure he had somebody at the game but Park Joyce wouldn't have been at the game and the reason for that is because if he's seen at the game you know what that does do you know what I mean? Oh, Park Joyce thinks he's going blah, blah, blah. But anyway, as I say, it makes a difference that Rory Gallo would have been down yesterday, you know, having a look. And that will make a real difference to, because to, he likes to have a look at teams. He's very good at, and meticulous a plan for, for the opposition. But I thought the way they buried Clare, um, you know, absolutely ruthless, uh, look well set up. Uh, their conditioning is off the charts. Off the charts. I've heard people making this point, Ocean. I, I would have thought at this stage, most top intercounty teams are fairly, I, I just would have assumed much of a muchness, but it seems like everyone's talking about Derry's fitness. Well, uh, the reason why I talk about it is because I just feel as if it did seem to be going at the same pace right at the end of games. I would have said yesterday that I'm a run out of bodies and that Galway were starting to run out of bodies. Um, whereas with them... Um, it doesn't. It, it it never feels like that, and they're going. They're going obviously a little bit deeper into the benches as uh, as they go on. A few boys get a bit of game time, but the big players are really playing at the top that top level. Glass and uh, and McGuigan, but also the likes of Cassidy. You know, Benny Heron still popping up with his goal in the point, and there's a lot of players playing really really good stuff. Okay. That's, I think we we'll leave it at that. Uh, Oshim will give you a chance to go and do whatever it is you're, you're planning to do today. Uh, maybe bury your head in that pillow for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Thanks. Oshim. Thanks, 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 ther- Thanks for the therapy, lads. Happy, happy to help. Free of charge. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's a beautiful summer's day. The breeze is stupendous. 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 Would this podcast be even more stupendous without ads? Without ads? Ads. If so, then join us for daily commercial-free shows at secondcaptains.com for just five euro a month. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not bumping them up. I'm not Irish. I'm just saying my observations, they are amazing. Stupendous. Now seems like a pretty good time to remind the non-members listening today, if you only listen on Mondays, you don't always get Flynn and McConville in your, on the Monday shows, but if you're part of the World Service, you'll hear them every time they're on the Second Captain's podcast and you'll be getting that sort of analysis. I thought the guys are absolutely sensational again, as I knew they would be. And nice to have a few more, a few more slots before the season ends with O'Sheen and Paul. I said earlier we'll be covering Ireland's tour of New Zealand on Wednesday's show. Just a little bit of news. The All Blacks have made an interesting addition to their coaching team. This is the, as in the All Blacks being the, the full team for next Saturday. A man by the name of Joe Schmidt will be 
looking to make life miserable for his former assistant Andy Farrell. Rory O'Connor in the Indo. Already without head coach Ian Foster, forwards coach John Plumtree, defence specialist Scott McLeod has become the latest member of the backroom team to be struck down with COVID. Schmidt was due to join the All Black setup as an independent selector, whatever that means, following the summer tour. However, he has now been drafted in for a much more hands-on role this week. So Joe Schmidt is basically coaching against Ireland next Saturday. Great. <laughs> this tour is an absolutely terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, this is really bad. Uh, well, is it really bad though? I mean, you know, we reckoned he'd got off the boil, lord. Uh, you know that sure. his goose is cooked as a top class, as a top level coach. Uh, so all it all that remains now is for us to put the final nail in the coffin of Joe Schmidt's coaching career this <laughs> this Saturday. That's the way to look at it. Yeah, destroy Schmidt. <laughs> Thanks for listening today. The Second Captain's Podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Don't forget all episodes of the pod are ad-free if you become a member at secondcaptains.com for a fiver a month. Thanks, Murph. Thanks, Ken. Thank you, Owen, and thank you, Karen. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Ken. Thanks for listening. Take care. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important.